Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This episode is brought to you by Early Wood Designs, makers of handcrafted heirloom quality hardwood kitchen utensils. Whether you were looking for spoons, spatulas, bowls, French rolling pins, serving spoons, or tongs, Earlywood Designs has you covered. The beautiful tools are proudly made in the mountains of Red Lodge, Montana. And their designs are modern, functional, and come with a lifetime guarantee. They also contribute $1 from every order to the Nature Conservancy's Plant a Billion program. Our listeners can enter discount code BOOKS15 for 15% off their purchase when you visit earlywooddesigns.com. That's BOOKS15 at earlywooddesigns.com. This week's featured cookbook is... The Kitchen Shelf by Eve O'Sullivan and Rosie Reynolds. Hi, Johnny. Hello, Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Cheers. Cheers. Our listeners, if they uh, have been tuning in lately, can probably guess what time it is and what we're drinking. (laughs) It's margarita time. (laughs) Yep. We haven't got sick of them yet. Oh, shit. I forgot to put the jalapeno in this margarita. Oh, unacceptable. Dang it. (laughs) It's it's not spicy at all. No, it's not. Oh, well. Next one. Guess we'll have to drink another one. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way I think. (laughs) <laughs> All right, welcome to episode 71 of Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. If you go to our website, wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab. That will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. Uh, we've got a few lists there, kitchen essentials for home cooks, cookbooks, food photography and styling, and fun food finds. If you make a purchase from any of those lists... We'll get a little something in return. It won't cost you anything more. And it's a great way that you can support the work we're doing here at Tasty Pages headquarters. I.E. I.E. our apartment. <laughs> our, our, our cold concrete floor. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we talked about what we were drinking. Um, I guess what else we can discuss is uh, what we're currently working on. We are currently working on a book called Thally by Monica Garden. And uh, next up, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh, we've been getting so many cookbooks in the mail from publishers. It's, it's kind of cookbook season right now. Uh-huh. And uh, unfortunately, I just don't think there's going to be enough time available to feature all of them for an entire week. And so I think we're just going to go through and, and page through them and just do a big like week of uh, like an avalanche of cookbooks. And we'll just do like a recipe mention each book, give them a little shout out, give them some love, and then uh, we'll, we'll move on to whatever else we feature for the, for the following week. Right. But it's, it's got to be done. Yeah. 
Otherwise, there's just a lot that aren't even going to get a mention. Well, there's a bunch of them that I haven't even looked through. I know. And usually, like, I will look through them as soon as, like, right when we get them. And I There's just... probably people listening that are like, you have the greatest job ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but jobs pay you something. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our landlord won't accept uh, books as payment. Right. So uh, and that leads us into what we are having for dinner tonight. I'll let you pronounce it. We are making palak murg, which is a it's a chicken spinach curry. Yep, I think uh, palak is the Indian name or word for spinach. Correct? I think. Yeah, it is spin. Yeah, it's spinach. I feel really low energy today. I'm sorry. <laughs> so is have some more margarita. You right. see, you needed that spicy kick in your margarita. I, I know I did. Oh, we just celebrated our twenty third wedding anniversary go us yeah (laughs) (laughs) and what did i do the day before to get the party started i got my second booster shot yes you did yeah so he wasn't he wasn't feeling great low energy (laughs) i kind of slept the whole day you did but you made 50 bucks off of it i did (laughs) they gave him a a 50 dollar visa gift card our uh, where we live is attached to a, a hospital, mm-hmm. and so I literally just had to walk downstairs across the lobby into the hospital to get my free uh, second booster. That's and, awesome! And I got the fifty dollars gift card, and the people were very kind. Yes. and they offered some uh, some recommendations on uh, our, our upcoming trip to Vegas. Oh, that's nice. Mostly involved like wandering out into the desert and hiking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see I feel like nothing good can come of wandering around out in the desert. I've seen a lot of CSI episodes where people you know get what lost. can happen. They get they get lost in the desert. I, I, I feel you. I'm not about to go down that road. Yep. <laughs> Breaking bad kind of swore me off of the desert for right. forever. <laughs> Uh, oh, but we did do a, a nice anniversary dinner. I rallied and we went to a little cute uh, restaurant in St. Paul, Minnesota, not mm-hmm. too far from where we live, called Muriel. It was First time lovely. there. It was very small. I couldn't it believe how small intimate. it was. very intimate. We were yeah. seated like, uh, we had to sit on the lap of the people next to us. Pretty much. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> intimate dining accommodations aside, it was a lovely, everyone there was very, very kind and, and attentive and mm-hmm. accommodating. The food was amazing. Food was amazing. The menu changes oftentimes like daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just focus on like hyper local. They've got relationships with some very, you know, local farms. We're talking like within 20, 30 miles of the restaurant. And they had posted on Instagram that day that they had just acquired a whole lamb yep from one of the local farms so they had like they had all these uh organs in a bucket yep (laughs) it it looked more appetizing than what it sounds like but uh i I saw one where they had just started like kind of fabricating the lamb and breaking it down and they were like this can easily feed like a hundred people so they were talking about like how you know look on look for the on the menu for the next few you know days or weeks uh a lot of lamb dishes, and that, that is one of the things that we ended up ordering. Yes, and also the they were super, since I've, I've developed a gluten intolerance, they were super, super um, on top of it, and 
they were very accommodating. Yeah, and in between the time I made the reservations and we dined there, that's when this whole mm-hmm. your your journey, your gluten free oh, journey, Jesus Christ, started. <laughs> your brave journey. This is no journey. It's been a slog. Yep. And, no, uh, no. But I did contact them and reach out to them, and I just said, "Hey, you know, just a heads up." gluten-free is that gonna be a problem they said no you know there's generally plenty of options available and they were not wrong yeah like when we uh, we started off with a charcuterie plate that had like um i think it was elk sausage yeah i think you're right homemade and everything is like made in-house yeah down a, to the the mustard they put on the plate yes. the blue it was blue cheese, blue cheese right? there yeah. was a pate and there was an apple butter and an apple butter and they brought out some gluten-free like flatbread crackers yeah. and then they gave you your own that were not gluten-free yeah and um at the end of the meal they brought out these little i think they were like black pepper shortbread cookies that were gluten-free just like the size of a quarter Mm -hmm. just pop them in your mouth yeah it was great and what else did we had we had we had a tartare Mm -hmm. that was delicious i love tartare i know it's been a while i know and we had this dish that lamb yeah there were some medallions of lamb and we had we also ordered a duck dish that had a Beautiful sauce. Yeah, it was a duck breast, and uh, yeah, that sauce was was on fire. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was lovely, and um, those are the highlights. Yeah, uh, I just got a glass of orange wine, and yep. you had a cocktail. Yeah, I had a vodka cocktail with. Uh, I know there was some honey in it, and then there was some kind of uh, like a floral or like herbal component. It might have been like elderflower okay. liqueur or something but that that was delicious and then uh i also had this it was like a sparkling pear cider that was really delicious too so yum yum i mean everything from the drink menu to the food was was stellar the service was great so hey if you're 10, in 10 10 would recommend yeah if you're in the minneapolis st paul area get yourself down to muriel because right? uh, they, they, they hooked us up and I mean, seriously, it's like what? Maybe they've got a small little bar and then maybe 12 tables mm-hmm. and they're stacked on top of each other. Yeah. So <laughs> prepare prepare to get to know your dining neighbors. Yeah. Um, if you, I mean, if you have issues with like sitting really close to people, might not be the place for you. But yep, but but it was, it was lovely. Um, let's see what else. We booked an upcoming trip to Las Vegas. Yes. That's pretty exciting. So if you got any recommendations, listeners, of things that don't involve like buffets and gambling, we're all ears. Right. Send us an email through the website or social media. And we've already seen some of the Cirque du Soleil shows, so that's not really yeah, what I, mean, I want to do I'm again. looking for more like interesting kind of off the beaten path kind of things. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with straying off the strip and doing something kind of unique. Absolutely. In, instead of, we were, we were already talking about taking a little short little afternoon trip to the Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. Because we, we've never been. Um, and we talked about going to like the, the Mob Museum. Mm-hmm. We talked about going to like the Neon. Graveyard. Yeah. Uh, um, there's the arts district that has uh, this giant antique mall that seems like it would be fun. Yeah. I, wa- I want to go to the container container park. Apparently, there's a really good cocktail bar that's over there. Nice. Are we going to see thunder from down under? No, we are not. Okay. <laughs> just, just curious. Ugh, no. Um, yeah, but you know, and and uh, is Rich Little performing or anything? I think he's dead. Okay. No, I think uh, maybe you're right. 
he died a long time ago. Dead or not dead? <laughs> Rich Little. Um, yeah, so th- th- it's going to be exciting. But yes, in all seriousness, like if you, if anyone has like dining recommendations, we've done Bouchon before, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since we've taken a trip. Yeah. Well, well it's been a long time since most people have taken a trip. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting back out there. Right. But otherwise, you know, there's going to be some leisure involved too, just sitting by the pool and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we tried on our bathing suits. Yes, we did. Yep. And I was sending him uh, bathing suit photos you yesterday. If you want one, send $5 <laughs> to <laughs> Cook in the Books. All right. So, yeah, um, we've got that to look forward to. We'll, we'll give you the full report upon our return. Oh, you know what else we, we failed to mention at the beginning? We were leaving the building the other day. And someone just randomly approached us on the sidewalk and was like, hey, she's like, you guys have the cookbook thing. And and it ended up being uh, one of our followers. Kitchen bookshelf. Yeah, at uh, cookbook shelf. Cookbook shelf. The cookbook shelf. Uh, Name is Emily. She's very sweet. Uh, She sent us a DM afterwards and was like, hey, I was the one that ran into you. (laughs) Swear I'm not a creep. And we're like, oh, no, not at all. It didn't come across as a creep at all. So I wanted to give her a shout out and thank her because that was very sweet. Very nice to meet you. Completely unexpected. Right. Definitely appreciated. (laughs) All right. Should we talk about the show question? Yes. All right. So we put this out to the listeners. We got some good uh, answers and I'm excited to share my own. Okay. What are some of your favorite cooking shows? Nice and simple. Yes. Uh, Bill S. said, Great British Baking Show is the only one I've ever been able to watch. He's probably not alone in that. Our friend Mimi M. said, The Kitchen, Barefoot Contessa. Wait, what is The Kitchen? I don't know. Huh. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. I don't know how I would Google that, though. <laughs> I know, right? Kitchen. Kitchen show. <laughs> kitchen cooking show. Mm-hmm. Pioneer Woman. That's mm-hmm. always on at the gym when it we're there. It is. It is. It looks, I'd, I'd never seen it. Looks it looks inoffensive enough. Yeah. I'd never seen it before, but yeah. I've, I've like I've watched but not listened to many, many episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With sound <laughs> off. And then uh, sometimes I catch Trisha Yearwood's show and her meals always look good. We've had her cookbook taunting us from the bookshelf over there for a few months. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we looked through it and we're like, oh, you know, this actually doesn't look, you know, it looks it looks solid. The food is not super healthy. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, and there's probably a lot of like breads and glutens mm-hmm. and stuff. So we, we might have to take a second look through that and uh, it, 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 it might have to find a new home. We'll see. DC Spirits said, my wife's favorites are Graham Kerr, Julia Child, and the Great British Baking Show. And their sister's favorite is Ina Garden. <laughs> Can't go around Among with others, yes. Uh, writer Rhiannon says, uh, guys, grocery games. I've never seen an episode. It's been on at the gym occasionally. Oh, really? Yeah. How did I miss it? I don't know. I, I mean, Guy Fieri is kind of a, a presence on the screen. You might not just happen to be like doing your cardio when it's on. Maybe. <laughs> but I've seen it. Guys, grocery games. I'll, I think. I'll, I'll have to just give it, give it a look. From what I gather is they go by the... Get ingredients from the grocery store, like it's a mad dash or something. Okay. And then they have to make a dish with those ingredients. Do they have little kitchen stations set up in the grocery store or do they go back somewhere else, like to a studio or something and do it? 
You know, I don't know. I don't pay that much attention okay. to it. <laughs> <laughs> so what does Guy do during this? He just hosts it? Yeah. Okay. Doesn't doesn't like bag their groceries or anything? <laughs> no. Okay. No grocery He's bag. above bagging groceries. <laughs> uh, at Jay is in the kitchen said, uh, Stanley Tucci searching for Italy, CNN original series. I want to see it. And also Barefoot Contessa. Another mm-hmm. vote for Ina. Okay. Uh, Maxwell Gregory 2018 said, Top Chef. Also just finished the Julia Child Challenge. I'm kind of curious about that one. I see commercials for it. Yeah, I have not yet I, watched it, but clever concept. Yeah. So at Linda Art Lob, <laughs> I probably mispronounced that. Yeah. Said uh, Great British Bake Off. Another vote for that. Okay. GBBO. <laughs> at Kitchen Bookshelf said Current Top Chef, Oldies But Goodies, A Chef's Life. I don't know if I know that one. I don't either. And Heartland Table. I've never heard of that one either. Uh, What did you have for your picks? Well, mine are kind of boring. That's okay. I chose Top Chef and Great British Bake Off. Classics. But you know what? I wish that Top Chef Desserts was still on. I loved that one. Yeah, how long did that last? And that was hosted by Gail Simmons, right? I don't remember. I recall it was It was one season. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they'll bring it back. I don't know. It's been off the air for so long. Yeah. Never know. What about well, you? Uh, GBBO. Yes. Uh, Top Chef. Mm-hmm. I used to enjoy those old episodes of Naked Chef with Jamie Oliver, mm. where he's like cooking at his loft, mm-hmm. his flat, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd always have like musicians stop by or something, or models, or... Oh, speaking of which, you know, that just made me think of another show. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's the... Uh, what is the name of it? Uh, Daryl Hall. Oh, uh... Uh, at, live at Daryl's place yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He would have other musicians come. They yeah. would play together and then they would cook a big meal. Yeah. I completely forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, because they they worked in like a cooking element mm-hmm. of it, but then it was like, it was always like a different musical guest. So like, you know, it might be like Huey Lewis or CeeLo Green or someone. Yeah. And then he'd have his house band sit in and they'd always do a cover of a Hall Note song. Mm-hmm. But it was always like a great, you know, great rendition of it. And then there was, you know, he had like a, because as I, as I understand it, this venue that they kind of perform from, like where he lives, is like his, you know, is it like Connecticut or something like yeah. that? And uh, I think it is like a venue, like a music venue, but then there's like a restaurant and all that, you know, so it's like people will go out there and dine and catch a show. And then, you know, the, the chef fun, at this. How fun would that yeah, be? Yeah, like the chef at this restaurant would, uh would you know they'd cook up a meal and and kind of demo it and you're that's a good choice i've totally forgot i i forgot about it until just right now yeah and then uh when i can catch them i do like episodes of america's test kitchen yes because i always learn something on sundays usually they're playing that on the one uh tv that has pbs on it so, so what we're basically saying is most of our uh, TV watching occurs at the gym with the sound off. <laughs> All right. Should we jump into this book? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So this book was originally published in 2016. It's a UK uh, pressing, UK printing yes. of on the Phaedon imprint. Uh, home to all of those attractive books that you probably page through at the museum gift shop. Lots of coffee table books. Yes. Um, this is a cookbook from them. And the premise is simple. You stock your pantry or larder, if you prefer, 
on the on the UK side. Ooh, you sound so British, yep. Johnny. With uh, 30 basic essentials. And then all you do is buy just two ingredients from the store and you can make any of the recipes within the book. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? This was the basic premise of last year's wildly popular Shelf Love from Odalengi Test Kitchen. Mm-hmm. The chapters are divided into what the authors consider like 10 key ingredients, such as a can of chickpeas, bag of rice, carton of eggs. Bag of pasta. Yeah. And uh, then you just choose from among 20 more what they consider shelf essentials. And this would be things like garlic, mustard, tin of anchovies, which doesn't reside in our pantry. No. Um, And then next, you just pick up two things from the grocery store. So, for instance... uh, if you went and bought cilantro and leg of lamb, you could create a slow-cooked leg of lamb with Moroccan spices and chickpeas. Yum. Yeah. Or you get puff pastry and goat cheese, and that gets you a caramelized onion and goat cheese tart. Yum. You want some dessert? Get uh, marshmallows and raspberries for some toasted marshmallow, chocolate, and raspberry tea cakes. I call bullshit on the marshmallow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not a fan of those. Uh, the book's design is clean and easy to follow with uh, photos throughout. And as exciting as it is for us to feature all these newly released cookbooks, sometimes it's great to rediscover something or Abs- discover something for the first time Absolutely. that we weren't uh, previously familiar with. Yeah. Um, let's uh, do a little bullet list of what we made, and then we'll talk in detail about them. All right. Uh, we did the chicken satay, French toast with roasted black pepper strawberries, Pasta with mussels, garlic, and parsley, red lentil dal, and cumin roasted flour, and crispy leaves, banana pancakes with peanut butter and bacon. There you go. All right. Let's talk chicken satay. Well, this is not the first time we've made chicken satay. We've no. done several other recipes. Mm-hmm. And this one is, was fairly standard. You make a marinade and you divide that up but it contains uh lime zest uh lime juice garlic soy sauce some turmeric cumin chili flakes and peanut butter and please listener we care about your your health and safety so divide this up before it comes into contact with the raw chicken nobody wants food poisoning no um oh and for this so at the grocery store i found this powdered peanut butter that you just add water to yep. and make it into a peanut butter and it's got way less calories way less fat game changer yes it totally is because you're um, not really big on peanut butter and you've been like leaning into this well i feel like peanut butter is i mean it's a great source of protein or whatever but it's like really calorie dense yes so i actually I'm really peanut in, butter without the guilt yes totally and do you notice a difference in in like Texture, taste, anything like that? No, because you can, I mean, you can make it as thick or as creamy as you want to just mm-hmm. by adjusting the amount of water. Maybe you could throw a little chopped peanuts in there if you want it chunky. No, no. Chunky you, peanut is chunky. You like chunky peanut butter? Chunky peanut butter is bullshit. I like chunky peanut butter. No, it gets stuck in your teeth. Oh. <laughs> you can keep your chunky peanut butter. Oh. Uh, and if you're clumsy in the kitchen like uh, yours truly, you might want to consider wearing an apron when you're doing this marinade because it's got turmeric in it. So unless you want some some orange stained clothes, put it on an apron. Yeah. Oh, so I feel like I'm just wandering all over the place. So anyway, the chicken gets marinated and you have your other reserved marinade 
that has not come into contact with chicken. Right. That gets combined with some coconut milk and heated up. And that serves as your dipping sauce. And the chicken gets skewered and then you stick it under the broiler. Get it some good char. Easy peasy. Oh, you know what you can do with some of that reserved coconut milk? Throw in the rice cooker. Yes. Hit start on the rice cooker. And by the time that chicken's done, you're going to have some delicious coconut rice to have with it too. Yes. Uh, Let's talk French toast with roasted black pepper strawberries. So this was one of two breakfast for dinners that we made from this book. Uh Uh-huh. And I think this was... This was like the last loaf of bread that you baked. Cue sad music. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. It's so good. Gluten-packed bread. Yeah. So yeah, we used uh, homemade bread for this. Can I say I'm a big fan of the black pepper strawberries? Sure. And these would be great in a cocktail, I think, too. Yes. Uh, the strawberries, uh, said black pepper strawberries, get macerated with some sugar. About five minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so... Does you... it take you about five minutes to macerate? <laughs> I was waiting for something like that. I was waiting for it and I was getting so disappointed. I, I was expecting that you to time, be like... That time Victoria walked in and caught me macerating strawberries. <laughs> I, I can like, keep going. I was like, he is macerating. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's, s- it's natural. It's perfectly natural. I'm it's totally so normal. glad that you went there. Yep. <laughs> You wouldn't be you if you didn't. Exactly. Um, it's expected. Anyway, so those get roasted. They get seasoned with a liberal amount of black pepper. They get roasted till they're nice and squishy. And, you know, the French toast is like standard French toast yeah. procedure. Um, we made homemade bread, like you said. Mm-hmm. One of the last times that we'll probably make gluten, glutinous bread. We've been trying to make some, like, gluten-free nan yeah just throw out two batches of it today it's not it is <laughs> not working out hey well. listeners if you got a recommendation for like some gluten-free like some kind of flatbread nan roti something that that doesn't suck hook us up right we're desperate Ugh. but yeah love that one uh peaches would be great as an as an alternative to the to the uh strawberries only if they're perfectly ripe though yep but, but I, I, I wouldn't agree mind. With you. Uh, we're gonna have to do some uh, cocktail R and D with these black pepper strawberries. Yes, I, I think that'd be good. All right, anything else on that? Uh, no, it was delicious, yes. and I love breakfast foods. Let's talk, <laughs> but just not for breakfast. <laughs> let's, let's talk pasta with mussels, garlic, and parsley. This was probably one of the more simple dishes. I mm-hmm. mean, not that any of them were that challenging and it was or difficult. Super duper quick too. Yep. As you all well may know, I used to hate mussels. It was a texture issue. Um, M-U-S-S-E-L-S. I like the I like the M U S. Yes, she does, listeners. This is this is quite a body show. You're so dumb. But I kind of got over the texture thing with it, and they're. Delicious. Yeah, we've enjoyed them a few times recently. Yes. Um, and like when I, even though I didn't eat them, I would still cook them for dinner guests and stuff. And I do like the traditional French way, which is I make a, I make a broth with um, shallots and garlic and wine. And I let that simmer for a long time. Like a white time. wine based yes. one. Yeah. Yeah. And then you cook the mussels in that, add a fuck ton of butter and then some parsley. Boom. 
That's a technical term, right? The yeah. fuck ton? Fuck ton. Yes, it <laughs> is. Um, God, my potty mouth. I really do. I swear way too yeah, much. Yeah, I always have to check the explicit <laughs> box when I publish the podcast. You're welcome. I really I really need to try and do this, like get through a single podcast without... Not a, not without, a children's show, <laughs> this podcast. Um, Usher them out of the room. <laughs> so anyway, these are... Cooked kind of similarly, um, you saute some onions and then you add garlic. And one of my pet peeves is when a book will say, you know, like you're supposed to saute onions, but they tell you to add the garlic at the same time. This recipe did not. I know. Uh-huh. I was like, yes, you guys are the best. It was like five minutes or so mm-hmm. on the onion before adding the garlic. Yeah. And yeah. I caught and- that as well. And I like that the book wasn't like, caramelize the onions, cook them for five minutes. Now, I do have one issue, though, with this recipe Mm -hmm. when I was kind of going back and reviewing is it they did mention like if fresh mussels aren't available, you can get, you know, a vacuum sealed pack of, you know, frozen in a garlic sauce. And I'm just like, nah, I, I think you'd be better off just skipping this recipe if you right? can get some fresh mussels. Yeah. I mean, for a dish that's so simple in its preparation. You want those ingredients yeah, to shine. None yeah. of this frozen mussel bullshit. I, I agree with you. So It calls for bouillon. I mean, you make a chicken broth by using bouillon, which a lot of people, most people have in their pantry anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I see like using that. Uh, we used... I think we use just regular chicken stock. And then the cooked pasta, you cook the mussels and then your cooked pasta gets added to that pot with the mussels. And then when you dish it up, you put the yummy liquid in there. Super simple. So good. Yeah. I mean, what did this take about 15 minutes Mm -hmm. or so to throw together? Anything else on that? It was delicious. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Was this one of your favorite? Do you think? I think between that and the the doll with which the, hey, is per- next, yep. yes, perfect segue. Red lentil doll with cumin roasted cauliflower, and don't forget the crispy leaves. How many people do you think discard the leaves of the cauliflower when they're prepping it? A lot of people, and they're really missing out mm-hmm. because it is delicious. Keep the leaves. Uh, this recipe makes full use of them, and uh, it features a savory doll, which is lentils um, that are sauteed uh, with uh, onions, garlic, and toasted spices. And this was another one where you sauteed the onions first, then threw the garlic in later on along with the spices. So Mm -hmm. the spices get kind of toasted and and awakened. And they get cooked in coconut milk, Mm -hmm. which is delicious. The uh, cauliflower gets, you blanch it first. Right. And then it gets drizzled with some olive oil and some cumin seeds, goes under the broiler along with those aforementioned leaves. Yep. And the only thing is you have to keep an eye because like the leaves did finish quicker Mm -hmm. than the cauliflower florets, obviously. So we pulled those out and just set them aside first as the other, uh, as the cauliflower florets were finishing. Olive has has wake is woke up. Yes, she is awakened. Oh, baby, gorgeous! Yep. Hi. We gave her a bath today. Her and, her biannual bath, and she has she was bananas. She had the zoomies, and I filmed it, and she was doing laps around the living room and down the hall 
for over three minutes. I feel like that's kind of a common behavior for dogs after a bath. It I don't is, know if everyone else's dog like just tears around and turns into a, a possessed demon. Well, Frank used to do it, and then yep. we were leaving, and we ran into Andy, and he er, into. We ran into one of our neighbors, and he has a little pug named Fritz. Yep. Uh, is it a French bulldog or is it a pug? I think it's a French bulldog. Okay. Cute little dog. Yep. Named Fritz, and he was talking about how Fritz does the same thing and yep. goes absolutely bananas after a bath. It's true. So, it, and I, she tired herself out. She ran. I was kind of concerned about her. I thought she was going to drop dead of like a doggy heart attack. Johnny's she, like, Olive, come on, stop. She, she wouldn't stop. She was just like tearing around. We have a very long hallway in our condo, and she was just running laps. Oh. All right. And, and what, what else can we say about the doll? The flavor on this was so spot on, like the spice level. It was beautiful. And that's, I mean, we'll talk about this in the in the rankings, but that was one of the things I really appreciated. Like, even though the ingredient list is minimal, most of these dishes are not lacking in, in flavor. Right? Like, and so, you know, there was, there was attention paid to, like in the case of this, you know, cumin seed, turmeric, and chili flake being used, you know, in the dish. And I feel like so many times that, you know, when cookbooks have quick recipes, the, the flavor is sacrifice you'd be and, lucky if they have salt and pepper in there oh my god you know and it, it's so disappointing mm-hmm. they must have really tested and tested this because mm-hmm. we didn't I, i'd say for well we'll get to it later yeah <laughs> i don't want to we, we got one more dish to talk about i don't want to blow my wad early <laughs> <laughs> we just we just can't let it go this i know episode. right <laughs> uh banana pancakes with peanut butter and bacon mm-hmm this is an easy dish to scale, so if you're feeding uh, a few mouths or a lot, you can kind of adjust it to uh, the portions that you need to make. We, this is where we use the powdered peanut butter. Mm-hmm. It was great. What else can we say about uh, about this dish? Oh, so th- the actual dish calls for just regular raw sliced bananas. How boring. Yes. That was a real missed opportunity. Yes. So we... Um, but I get it in keeping with the, they probably with to the keep spirit simple. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah. book. So we sauteed them in a little bit of butter and bourbon. bourbon. Everything's better with butter, mm-hmm. butter and bourbon. And it call I think I think the bacon that the recipe called for was thin, but we got the really thick shit. Bacon should be thick, uh, right? And the stuff that they sell in the store prepackaged that it's advertised as thick. Ain't thick. No, it's not. I want my bacon thick like Lizzo. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, our uh, deli counter had some thick cut mm-hmm. bacon that was actually thick. They know what's up. Speaking of Lizzo, if you haven't watched uh, Lizzo's Big Girls, is it Bad Girls, Big Girls? Uh, something about the Big Girls yeah. on Amazon Prime. Watch it. It's yep. great. Yeah. I just I was today years old when I found out she was from Minneapolis, too. I didn't or know like, she was from Minneapolis. I don't but think she, she was loved from, Minne- but, but she got her start here. Well, I know she used to be dating a Viking, but he fucked it up. So, uh, yeah, wasn't Randy Moss, was it? I don't know who Randy Moss is. Oh, he was one of the Vikings. Oh, back okay. In the day. Or what was the guy that like Adrian Peterson? Was that the guy who was like beating his kid or something? Look at me just making stuff up. <laughs> I don't follow sports, so I should probably I just shut up. <laughs> I think he hit his kid or something. I don't think Lizzo would tolerate any of that. No. If there's any beatings going on, she'd be <laughs> administering them. 
Uh, all right. So that was like our second breakfast for dinner from this book, and and it was it was delicious. Um, before we talk about our rankings, let's go to the most critical Amazon review. Thankfully, I found no one or two star reviews. There I'm was, I'm not surprised. Yeah. but I am surprised because you know people, people are dicks. Yeah. Uh, but there was a three star. Okay. You want to read it? Uh, yeah. This is from Kirch McConlo McConlog. Yeah. That sounds like a very Irish name. It does. <laughs> uh, the arrangement is really peculiar. The concept of this book seemed really interesting. I like to think I have most of what I need to make a meal or dessert or appetizer. However, I'd like to find the recipes where I expect them. Not dinner next to cookies and maybe a brunch meal. Uh, there's chapters where you'd expect meat, dessert, salad are... But it's rice, chickpeas, can of tomato, flour, peanut butter, eggs, coconut, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Uh, I guess the index helps, but this book is way more work to find a recipe than you'd like to believe. It's true. I and that's agree. one of my critiques. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, she's not wrong. They're not wrong. I don't know if Kirch is a man or a yeah. woman. But I mean, there's an index, though. Not a recipe index. There's an ingredient, ingredient index. index. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about food photography and styling? Yes. What'd you have? I gave it a four. Okay. Um, the styling was really simple. Uh, not every recipe had a photo. In some pages, there were like variations on a single recipe, and those would be spread over two two pages, mm-hmm. and then the next page would be like all those variations on one photo, mm-hmm. which I thought was a clever way to do it. I'd say like seventy five percent of the photos were overhead. Yeah, I think a majority of them were. There wasn't a whole lot. Uh, it, it did feel very studio shot to me. There wasn't a lot of playing with shadows or anything. Mm-hmm. But they were they were solid pictures. The food looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no real like color story going on or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the photos were beautiful. I'm just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? You're, Go on. you're unnerving uh-huh. me. Stop that. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no. What did you give it? I gave it a three. Okay. Uh, minimalist aesthetic. I feel like that goes with the book, though. No linens. Did you notice that? They did use some linen as background, though. I don't think so. Yes, there was they some did. stuff that had texture to it, but I don't think it was like a fabric. I think it was like a, like a brush stroke finish because yeah. I looked for that. Really? Yeah. It was all hard surfaces. Uh, many times not even utensils were used. Uh, so very casual presentation. Here, here's a fabric. That looks like a, like a textured hard surface to me. No. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there were a few like fabrics that they were set atop, but for the most part, I think it was like hard surfaces. Okay. I'll, I'll like horn out of your, uh. <laughs> out of your critique uh casual presentation mm-hmm. uh so like crumbs scattered around oftentimes there'd be like a slice or a spoonful removed from the dish in the photograph i would almost say that they were rustic except that they were lacking in any kind of warmth and so maybe a bit sterile would be like a better description yeah you know now that you say that i think mm-hmm. I, I really do kind of agree with you I, maybe like when I was like, it's very studio. That's kind of they're a little sterile. And but to to be fair, I think the photos and perhaps this was intentional. They seem very aspirational. So there's nothing that's fussy in presentation, and it maybe allows the reader to believe that they can execute the dish as it mm-hmm. appears. 
Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was intentional. And there were like some, especially some of the baking things where they just looked very like kind of basic and uh, yeah, like I said, like there's no there's no flash, there's no there's no fanfare. But I I would suspect that maybe that was a design choice where they just didn't want them to seem like unattainable or like someone would look at it and be intimidated. So sure. So I gave it a three. Okay. Uh, what'd you give the design and layout? I gave it a four point five. Okay. Not every recipe has a companion photo, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The chapters, and I think this is important because I, this is where I thought this kind of uh, excelled. They're divided into uh, things like can of chickpeas, bag of rice, can of chopped tomatoes, bag of flour, jar of peanut butter, a box or carton of eggs, bag of pasta, can of coconut milk, bar of chocolate, and a bottle of milk. So those are like the the ingredients you're kind of working with as the basis for the recipe. Um, how they chose those, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could think of other things that you could also include in this thing, but uh, you know, kudos to them for narrowing it down. And then once you're within each chapter, there isn't a lot of extraneous material. The head notes themselves are very brief, mm-hmm. usually only like a few sentences. The recipes all have a serving size, prep time, cooking time. Um, and then it's just, you know, from the store, which would be the items that you have to purchase. And there's never more than two. Right. Plus your pantry and shelf items. Um, there is a little handy visual pictorial guide at the bottom of the page that kind of shows you at a glance, like what you're going to need for the recipe. Um, so there'll be like a little graphic of like a carton of milk or, uh, and those, and I I forgot to mention it. Those are at the beginning of each chapter. Those little photo guides Mm -hmm. are the photo for the beginning of each chapter. Most recipes contain like a useful tip Mm -hmm. that they, that they label it as, and it would be things like what to do with leftovers, how to make a dish vegetarian, some useful substitutions. If you don't have a particular ingredient on hand, there's nice, large, bold, legible font choice. Yes, agree. Um, there's an itemized bullet list for the instructions. Very easy to follow. Um, this is probably what initially grabbed my attention. I think I saw this book originally at a museum that we went to. Talk about museum gift shops earlier on. That's where I first oh. became aware of this book. Was it The Wiseman? Yes. Oh, okay. And um, I was in their gift shop and just this happened to be sitting there and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I've never heard of this book, even though I it was like a few years there. old. Yeah. And okay. then we checked it out from our local library. And, but the, my point being that the design and layout is kind of what initially grabbed my attention for this book. So I do think that this is where this book really excels. Each chapter also selects like a signature dish and then offers kind of like variations on that theme. Mm -hmm. So like for the bag of rice chapter at the very beginning of that chapter, they'll have like rice pudding and it'll have like four or five different Mm -hmm. ways to make a rice pudding, you know, different flavor profiles. Uh, for the egg uh, chapter, there was like a shakshuka and it gives you like four or five mm-hmm. different ways to make shakshuka. There was like cookies, ice cream. Each recipe features both the domestic and imperial measurements. I will say a recipe index would be useful because as that Amazon review uh, pointed out, you have things that would be considered like dessert items, like right next to a dinner item or yes. a savory dish. 
in in the chapter. So you know, you got cookies next to like a shakshuka recipe or yeah. something. I had to knock a little bit off of it, but overall, the design and layout of this I think is really strong, okay. but uh, not perfect. Okay, I gave it a five. Okay. Pretty much all your points I have written down. Mm-hmm. Um, something that you didn't address is that um, all of the recipes have serving sizes, prep time. No, I mentioned that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Listen to me, not listening. Listeners. Um, <laughs> see what I have to put up with this abuse. <laughs> um, there's a standing time if you need it. There's also a cooking time. Did you really mention this? Yeah. Fuck, I must have been zoning out. <laughs> Per usual. <laughs> the elevator music is just like started going in my head and I'm yep. like zoning out. No, oh. I didn't mention that because okay. I, I, I know you appreciate that when the recipes have that. So Yes. Um, and I, I really liked the key underneath that mm-hmm. had all the photos of the foods that you are going to need. Well, it's interesting how people you know what works for one person and what works for someone else so like the fact that they have these like little visual cues yes, within the recipe which is probably I super very helpful appreciate. Yeah, totally. like i'm so much a visual person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you could explain something to me like this is how you do it blah blah, blah. and i'll be like okay because it will like seriously go in one ear and out the other but if you show me then i'll remember right yeah, and I liked I liked the font. The font was super easy to read. Mm-hmm. It was dark. Like all Good the ing- size. all the ing- ingredients were uh, the font was in all caps, mm-hmm. which I super appreciate. Yeah, so I gave it a five. Okay. I do I do agree with you on the index, but I mean, I feel like it was so strong. Like the design and layout was so strong yeah. that I am willing to overlook that. I mean, I think the drawback when I mean it's a, it's a clever concept, and I think the drawback of separating chapters by like a particular ingredient or, or you know pantry staple is that that's that's the result is you end up with you don't have a dessert chapter that you can yeah. just cram everything in. And I will say there was like a fairly large amount of desserts there there and baking was things throughout this book, which I'm kind of surprised by. I know. Because a, a lot of books will kind of shy away from that mm-hmm. and this book did not. So degree of difficulty. What'd you have? Uh, I gave it a two. The recipes are not very long, you know, so people are not going to look at it and be like, holy crap, I can <laughs> never make that. There's a there's a part in the beginning of the book where they're like, we really encourage you to follow the recipe, you know, to the letter the first time. I caught that as well. But then, you know, feel free to make it your own the second time. I think they understand the importance of like getting a success under your belt, mm-hmm. having a win in the yeah. kitchen. Yes. And so I think that's why they encourage you because they, you know, they did say like, hey, these have been thoroughly tested. We know they work. So follow the recipe the first time. But then, you know, once it works out, then don't be afraid to improvise yeah and i think all of the ingredients are very common they Mm -hmm. even said like we chose ingredients that you could find at the store very easily so you're not driving around all afternoon looking for little neck clams yes (laughs) um you could probably find a lot of these at even like one of the like big box like department stores mm-hmm. or you know like if you if you if, if your shopping was limited to just like uh, a super target or a walmart yeah something yeah. like that you could probably find all this stuff there mm-hmm. very quite easily yeah so i gave it a two all um, right and and also this is a really good book if you're on a budget too yes like super good yes my turn it's <laughs> <laughs> 
I gave it a two as well. Okay. Uh, there's a fair amount of recipes which utilize the oven. Question, is this more or less intimidating than the stovetop for beginner cooks? I don't know. I was I, That question occurred to me while I was working through this book review. I feel like the oven is maybe easier because... Like it's, There's a lot of baking you, stuff, you whether it it's in. a dessert or like something that has to bake in the oven. Like there was a lots of dish. putting stuff under the broiler, yes, too, yeah. which is it can be a little bit anxiety. It's, it's, it's a roll of the dice. You, you have to like watch it like a hawk. There's yep. no like putting it in and walking away. There's no go check an email while you're while that's happening. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just an observation. Most of the recipes feature less than ten ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this book is clearly focused on beginner cooks and it really succeeds in its yes. purpose some recipes uh really nailed the building of flavors such as toasting those spices and the lentil and cauliflower dish the only issue i had uh, that i mentioned previously was like when they mentioned things like using packaged mussels because i just think that i, I just disagree with that strongly yeah so uh but a two i don't okay. think you know i think this is targeted for beginner cooks if this was like one of the few books you had on your shelf, you could do a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Tastes, what'd you give it? I give it a three. Really? Yeah. I don't think you're going to be blown away by anything with these quick and easy meals, but it's certainly an upgrade from fast food or prepackaged, like heat and eat foods. I think in the case of like, you know, cooking those bananas and the bourbon and butter, like you can kind of elevate them if you have that kind of knowledge to, to do so rather than just throwing some raw sliced bananas on pancakes. But I, I didn't really have an issue with like any of the dishes. But in the case of like the chicken satay, was it like the best one we've ever had? No, it was totally fine. Had good flavor. I hope I'm not being too harsh, but I, I thought solid three. Huh. Yeah. What'd you have? I gave it a five. Whoa. I actually, because I think for what this book does, uh-huh. the flavors were so good. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, like that, that doll dish, it was so spot on and it felt like something that had cooked for a very, like that simmered on the stove for a very long time. The flavor was really intense. I did appreciate that, and I liked the use of the of the leaves and stuff. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving it enough credit, but you know, I thought solid three. And especially, three and a half. especially, I don't think I'd give it a five. I don't think I'm quite at that level, but well, and I think if you are a beginner cook and you make one of these dishes and it turns out like it should, you're gonna be mighty impressed with yourself. Agreed. Because it is. It's better than it. It's better than it should be. This that's, is going to be a good book for building confidence in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So if you've got someone that's kind of struggling or just starting out, this is definitely a good a good option for yeah. for that type of cook. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Good talk. Yes. On to our new, next segment, which is Gastro Obscura, exploring the weird and wonderful culinary traditions, experiences, and ingredients from the book of the same name. What do you got for us? this week victoria okay so this is the world's largest underwater restaurant it's called under and it's in norway and southern tip of norway mm-hmm. fun fact the norwegian word for under is the same one as the one for wonder so that's oh, okay kind of, yeah this is a building that is 16 feet so below. in norway is it called underwoman <laughs> No. When the movie came out? <laughs> sure, I Just guess. Just curious. 
<laughs> okay, so Wonderwear. <laughs> Wonderwear. So th- can you please let me talk? <laughs> no. <laughs> um so this restaurant looks like a shipping container that kind of tipped into the ocean. Yep. Uh, the actual dining room is 16 feet below sea level. So diners are treated to all of the goings on underwater. The decor is kind of like supernatural chic. Yeah. It's built in a way so that it will fully incorporate itself into the um, environment. It, eventually it will become an artificial coral reef. Yep. There's a fixed tasting menu, and it's hyper local. Uh, they serve stuff like shellfish, seabirds, wild sheep, uh, sea kale. I think they specifically say on the website too, like we, we cannot accommodate vegan diets. Yeah, or uh, you know some of these other things. It's like nope. They're it's, gonna you're gonna eat what they serve you. Yep, no substitutions. It is not cheap. The um, they call it an immersion menu. Yes, like a tasting menu more or less. Um, how much is the uh, two seventy five U.S. dollars? If my conversion rate was correct, Ooh. so that's two seventy five a person. I believe on the day that they opened, they already had like seventy five hundred. Uh, reservations. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a very, very yes. long wait to get a reservation. I don't think they take walk-ins. No, I don't think you're just gonna walk in to this place. And it, and the restaurant seats. Sit at the bar. Yeah, it only seats like 40 people, and you can only make uh, reservations on their website. Only one of its kind in Europe, I believe, too. Yeah. There's there's like three underwater restaurants in the world, and this is like the only one in Europe. So hmm. interesting. Love to go sometime. Right. Probably won't. No. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit rich for my blood. All right. All right. If you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. Uh, you can follow us on our social medias at we underscore cook underscore books is our Instagram. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right. I, well, I got a twofer for you to, this week. Are you going to make it, me it, laugh? It worked so well last time. Yeah. It was like... <laughs> twice the humor for the price of one sure that I, f- I figured I'd keep this train going okay so uh, the first joke is what do you get when you cross a chicken with a cow roost beef <laughs> right I think these are both kid friendly too just yeah. in case you're wondering so you can invite the kids back into the room for this section yeah. now that Victoria's mm. done cussing <laughs> This is the part where you're supposed to be like, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Quit your bullshit. And then, uh, okay, joke number two. How do clowns prefer their eggs cooked? Funny side up. (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, twice the humor. Uh, But it's not very good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Have a fantastic week. Stay safe. Stay hungry.